Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike and I'm joined uh, by Anton and by Al. First of all, Anton, how I are you? I'm doing well. I have a bone to pick with you, mister. You've been a, a very bad influence on me uh, as you have encouraged me Not for the to first buy time. a Switch Lite, which admittedly I deserve this because um, <gasps> yes! uh, on our Patreon uh, bonus show, the prequel, I do encourage you to buy a lot of consoles. But uh, now it's personal. <laughs> yes, you do. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it because you will not regret that. Have you had a chance to hold not it yet. in your uh, your hands and feel its, feel its curves? Well, I've, I've no? just ordered it, so I'm uh, hoping to have that uh, mid-next week or something and then uh, we'll be back with some first impressions. But really excited. Well, interestingly, as you know, I've got the light, but I also have uh, Vita, which has been kicking around. So this week, and we'll come on to what we've been playing in just a moment, but this week I resurrected it, got it all charged up and all the rest of it. Actually, I had to buy a new um, charger because <laughs> I couldn't find the cable. Um, got all that done and um, and reinstalled Persona 4 Golden and Danganronpa. So I have those to play on my Vita at some point, which I'm very excited about. So that's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, but uh, not at the moment because I've been playing too many other games. Uh, Al, how are you? How's your week been? Uh, I'm I'm fine. Thanks, Mike. Uh, the, the only excitement in my week is I bought a new hoodie. It's blue. There you go. That's a highlight of my that's week. That's not true. Well, no, it's not. Okay, so the highlight there, of your week there, was there the direct, direct live stream that well. we did. No, that was secondary. What <laughs> a new hoodie. It's blue. <laughs> you know, mm. it sounds like Alistair's joking, but he has been incredibly excited about this hoodie. <laughs> I have been. I only ever wear grey and black, like, tops. Grey and black, that's it. To wear blue, I look a bit like Sonic the Hedgehog. This is exciting. I have never hey. worn anything that isn't grey or black. To be fair, I'm very impressed that you've gone for a little splash of colour in your otherwise uh, black and white sepia tone life. So yes, it's nice to see you <laughs> with some colour. Um, no, uh, it's uh, it's been, I have to say, I really enjoyed the live stream. If anyone missed it, it's still on uh, on our YouTube page and um you can go and have a look there and watch our reactions as live it was really funny watching it back first of all i'm really distorted but that's because i was trying to figure out this uh, different setup because i have to record every second week when we're late in a different room because uh, of sleeping baby so that was the first time i tried it and it worked great except i had the the gain turned up too loud and i couldn't hear it in my headphones but when i heard it back so that was the only thing but um, it was a lot of fun, Anton. I think you know. Well done to you, by the way, because that was a heck of a lot of organising to get that that going. And I know it's not an easy feat to to do that last minute. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a, a peculiar sell because as soon as it got up and running, the testing I had done hadn't went uh, didn't really apply. Uh, so it was like a mad rush to get up and running, but it was quite fun. We had Leona, Emily, and of course ourselves there, uh, and that's all online if you want to give that a wee gander. And secondly. Uh, of course, we'll be glossing over and touching on some of the details, but we did do a marvellously edited um, episode special of the podcast where we went into everything in details with our, our very raw first impressions this time, Al. Yeah. They they were very raw. And in fact, actually, since the Direct, I've ended up changing my mind about some of it as well. Mm. I think at the end of the Direct, we all give it, um, we all give it a score. And I think I might up my score now that I've had the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is such um, a classic Al thing to do. Well, it is. I go away and I mull things over and I go, you know what? My immediate reaction was tempered by my expectation. And now that I've gone away, thought about it, it was it was really good. There was some really, really good stuff in there. Uh, and now I'm no longer disappointed by the lack of Mario Kart 9 because, you know, that was just far too optimistic of me that uh, I can see it for what it was. And now uh, I probably up my score from, what was I think I gave an eight. I might up it to a nine or maybe even a nine and a half. Wow. Okay. Well, look, we are going to talk about it a bit later on, but I think there is a lot of uh, of positives to take from it and it was just such it was such a nice buzz and it was great having the community a lot of our Patreon supporters there because it was quite last minute obviously it always is but just for the record next time we do a direct we are going to try and do something similar so keep an eye out on our socials and um, we'll try if we can tell you we will maybe even put out like a one minute podcast just to say to people hey going to be live uh, come and join us it might be the way to do it next time but we'll, we'll do it as we go but you can check out the direct special on the normal wherever you get your podcast podcast from uh, we did it for everybody so hopefully you'll get a, a chance to hear us react but we'll be talking more about that i'm sure in the show before we get started though um anton what have you been playing this week oh that is a marvelous question um i haven't <laughs> done the most switch i won't lie I'm, i am kind of in the waiting i'm like all right i want to try it on the new the switch light uh so i have been playing stuff but nothing entirely switch late the abling in minecraft again they've got a big old update coming along which is very exciting and then I played a bit of Magicka on PC, sadly. Uh, that game would be marvellous on the Switch if you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's been the the highlight of it all. Have you been uh, playing anything a little bit more Switch-related, Al? Uh, I've been playing the role of stressed student, sitting all day, every day at my computer, frantically trying to write code and going, why is this not working? So no is the answer to that. Although I do believe my son was playing a bit of Switch today with my other half. They were playing the oh, yes. <laughs> So there you go. That's the extent of it. That's all my Switch gets used okay. for these days. It is terribly sad. I can't wait to the end of the semester when yes. I can play well, again. The good thing is there's lots to look forward to with all the announcements that we had uh, on Wednesday. I have been playing. So I finished Mario Galaxy and probably probably my favorite mario game yet ever um although 3d super mario world that i'm playing at the moment which i played before and finished with bowser's fury i'm playing i haven't played bowser's fury yet but i'm doing that in co-op um which which has been really good fun but it's finding time where we can both play when there's a baby in the house that is not easy but it is a lot of fun um so i finished that on friday i stayed up to finish it that was my job i was I was going to get through it one way or another. So I think it was about one o'clock in the morning. So I suffered for it the next morning at four or whatever time the baby woke up, but it was worth it. So did that. Um, Also played, uh, oh yes, Anton, I have become obsessed with Burnout Paradise because it's on sale right now for £12. Fantastic. Uh, £12 in the uh, in the eShop, an absolute steal. Um, I said to you before, I was waiting for it to be sort of 15 I think I got uh, Need for Speed for £16 physical. So I was waiting for like the £16 mark for physical, but at £12 on the eShop, I was like, nope, I'm going to have that. I've played it before, but I hadn't really played through it. Um, but it's just so much fun. And I wanted to ask you, Anton, just in terms of the, the content, I know obviously it's, you know, you pretty much, you're racing and you're, you, you do the takedown stuff and you do the stunts and all that kind of stuff. And that's really what you do. But in terms of where I'm at at the moment, it's I seem to be sort of getting quite far on. But do you open up like another part of the map as you go? Or do you just, or is the, is the starting point the whole map? Yeah, so from the, the beginning of the game, you do have the entire game out for you to explore. There is the bonus Big Surf Island, which was a later expansion, which is a, a far more saturated and densely packed environment with tons of stunts basically crammed into 
Is that on the Switch version as well? That's on the Switch one. Basically, you just head over to the the one and only big bridge, drive across it, and there's a brand new island over there with whole plethora oh, I did, of content I did in there. there. That's cool. That is, yeah, it is loads of stunts. You're right. It's great. It's just so much fun. And it's just one of those games where I'd forgotten how much fun Burnout was, but also just how out of normal gaming it is because it's just you just go on and you just like i, I want to spend an hour just doing dumb stuff and just racing and takedowns are still great fun and i just re what's really cool as well on the switch version is it obviously unlocks with a lot of the the cars and things there um so i was i've been going around and i think it's a delorean type car that you can hover in um if you press the button then you can you can actually hover in it which is just ace then there's a ghostbusters type one as well um it's just really great that i have to say taking down people while you're hovering (laughs) in in a delorean (laughs) is so cool oh it's a a fantastic game and uh yeah now that you've got it we'll we'll need to try and get some multiplayer going because um yeah i think they added a cops and robbers mode to that game at one point which with uh, burnouts crashing could be quite fun and uh yeah there's you know just jam-packed full of content and in many ways, I feel like it's one of the last real good arcade racers. Like, you know, you have the the arcade stuff of the early night, uh, late nineties, like your crazy taxis and ridge racers. Then it started to, you know, they pushed it on for a little bit more Burnout Paradise era, and then after that, like the newer Need for Speeds are really weighty. Like they're yeah. a little bit too realistic for their own good. This is at that perfect tipping point where you know, yeah, you just crash into walls out. Yeah, and uh, well, I was going to. Well, twelve pounds. It sounds like I need to get. Yeah, on that well, train. what I was going to say to you, Al, was that what's really good is first of all, it's sixty frames per second docked, which is great, um, and you need that for this kind of game. It's also the fastest racing game I've ever played. It's so fast, I forgot how fast it is. It's just like, and it's like, I mean, obviously, I've unlocked. You know, like if you play the traditional way, you unlock the cars as you go, and you can still do that. You still have to unlock those cars, but there's so many extras. Like I've been on a bike at one point. Um, there's some crazy alternative ones that are good for stunts that I've used and uh, you get all that instantly on the Switch version and it's just the fastest game. It's so good though. I really, really am en- enjoying it. I think I'm going to spend many hours playing that in between, wow. probably in between other stuff because it's that kind of game. Um, so I played that and I played something else as well. A bit of Rocket League, um, definitely a bit of Rocket League, but that's kind of been my main my main gaming this week. So there we are. Yeah, I, I, just to finish up on what you were saying about Burnout Paradise there, it is one of those games that is good to have in between the bigger stuff that you play. Because it's got the open world, you can just literally pop in, do one race for like a minute, two minutes, and just put the game down or smash into a couple like hidden billboards and stuff oh, like that. That just pick up and play. Yeah. I think it works better on a handheld than it ever did on like a console that you had to wait a couple minutes to boot it up. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun, I must admit. All right, then, I think we should get started and move on to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. So you probably realised this week there was some sort of direct on Wednesday, but we will come on to talk about that. But there have been other things happening as well. Uh, and first of all, this is an interesting one. Blizzard have announced Diablo 2 Resurrected for the Nintendo Switch. And it's a classic dungeon crawler set in hell coming out 2021. Am I right in saying, Anton, this is the 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 one that gets very, very highly rated. It often appears in like best games type lists. Yeah, this is when, you know, when people say they love Diablo or it's their favourite game, Diablo 2, if I'm correct, is the title that they're thinking of. Uh, you know, I think Diablo 3, when it first came out, you know, wasn't the most loved at first and then really 
quickly grew like a, a following and you know people who played it and were like actually enjoyed that but Diablo 2 you know has always been uh, heavily loved and you know it's nice to see it make its way to consoles because it is of that age Al where it's getting a little bit alienating for younger gamers yeah the graphics are very much <clears throat> or were very much of their time but this one they've given a basically a complete overhaul it's got is one of these mechanisms where you can switch between the original graphics and the new graphics which is always cool I, i've got to love it whenever they remaster games and they put that mechanic in there and they've done really really well it looks it looks beautiful they, they've got modern lighting modern everything literally everything is modern in there uh but the same old gameplay they've not touched it they've left it exactly as it was almost sort of scene for scene you could be playing the old game it just looks better Lovely, yeah, lovely I mean, I um, really like the look of the way that they've done this in terms of updating it. I think that's a really clever way of doing it and giving people the, the option to go back to the old style. We've seen it done with some of the other games. I think uh, Monster Boy or one of those games does, did it early on um, or Wonder Boy. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but it's uh, it's a clever way of doing it. And also they've updated things like the audio, which I think is really important when you're playing a modern game. I think that really takes it to the kind of modern day um, level. So yeah, it's a good game that I think will do even better. And we have Diablo 3 on the Switch, I think already as well, which I have and have been meaning to co-op with my brother for, well, probably since I've had my Switch, to be honest. But, um, you know, this is the one that I think will, will certainly a lot of people will be very happy that this is coming. All right, next up. And importantly, it's got a cross-platform saving, which is just oh yeah, godsend. Fantastic. Thank you. Great stuff. Next up, Blizzard have announced the Blizzard Arcade Collection for the Switch. It includes Blackthorn, The Lost Vikings, and Rock and Roll Racing. It's out now at $16.99. Um, I'll be honest, I'm a little... Uh, what's the word? I'm not as clued up on the Blizzard Collection as I should be, Al. Uh, funnily enough, I when I heard they made a collection, I went, oh, I won't know any of the games. And then they came up with The Lost Vikings, and I went, oh my god, I owned that game. I forgot that game existed. Oh, I've got such fond memories of that game, and now I just want to go and get the collection purely for The Lost Vikings. I was terrible at it. I don't think it even got past like the first or second level, but I just have this, this love of the nostalgia, I guess. And actually, Rock and Roll Racing does look pretty cool as well. Yeah, I'm, I find it funny. I had uh, basically the exact same reaction. I, I was like, oh my God, it has rock and roll racing. Who wouldn't want to buy this? Uh, so I think this is, you know, the niche game that you remember from your childhood collection. But to give them credit, they have done a spectacular collection here as a package, not just uh, the games, which might be hit or miss for some people, where, you know, it has every single feature out of the box it has different versions of each of the individual games kind of in the way the kind of disney aladdin collection was like um you know it's a fairly well done collection rewinds has museum and history and all those sort of materials you know they put together a fairly substantial package and considering it's 16.99 a lot cheaper than the aladdin and i think it's lion king collection uh, it's Wow, that is that is an impressive price. Actually, I was half expecting them to be another ten pound more than that. So, I'm pleasantly surprised, particularly when they've added in, as you say, sort of whole enhancements like you know, local multiplayer and stuff, and uh, the Lost Vikings. There's a whole lot of extra bits. They've gone to town and done a really bang up job on this. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I mean, I have to say that you know I'm like for anything retro, anyway. So um, even though I don't, I'm not particularly familiar with the titles. It is something. Uh, that I'm probably going to check out. Am I right in saying you get something free with it as well when you started, Anton? Did you did you did you spot that? Can you can you do you get something? I think you do. Uh, that 
Just double checking that. that. Doesn't come to okay. mind at no, what the it, moment. What sadly. it is is if you pre-order, you get if you pre-order any of the bundles, then you get the arcade collection for free automatically. But the, that's if you're going for other formats, I believe. So that's where I've been, I've been confused. I knew there was something um, that you could get for free, but it's uh, it's not particularly relevant because we're talking about the collection itself. But uh, but yeah, still, I think I think the the classic stuff is um, you know it's always good to go and revisit some of them, even if you didn't play it the first time round. So it's definitely something that I will be. Uh, checking out for sure, um, and I, d- I didn't never heard of the Lost Vikings, Al. So there we are. But was it PC? I'm assuming. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. No, I don't think I had it on PC. I want to say I had it on something like a wow, NES or a okay. Yeah, I remember Rock and Roll Rockin Racing was a SNES game, so I think possibly SNES for yourself. Mm. Yeah, sounds about right. Look, certainly looking at the graphics, it looks like it yeah. probably would be Well, it's all about era. the collections this week because SNK have also announced the Neo Geo Pocket Color selection for the Switch. It includes Samurai Showdown 2, SNK, Gals, Fighters, King of Fighters, R2, Fatal Fury, First Contact, and The Last Blade Beyond the Destiny. No date or price yet. Um, Anton, I'm going to come to you first because we've obviously talked about uh, Neo Geos and and um, similar uh, SNK stuff on podcasts gone by. Um, this seems like a, a collection, again, you know, this is the kind of thing to get the authentic experience. It's very pricey. <laughs> Anything uh, SNK, Neo Geo is always pricey. So this could be something that will that might well sell uh, very well. Yeah, I'm almost a little bit uh, polarised by this uh, announcement. On one hand, I love that they're doing collections. There's a lot of people porting a lot of their old games that I don't really think are maybe worth five, six pounds each, but could maybe be worth, you know, 15, 17, 99, whatever as a collection. But I'm also looking at this, and I don't know if it's maybe because we had that Sega Mega Drive collection with the 60 games for like 25 pounds. But, it, you know... I just I feel like it's going to be a tough one to to price, and especially knowing then having owned a Neo Geo Pocket Color, there's a lot of good games they could have really bolstered this up. So I think it's really going to have to depend on the price for this one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, most of these games are available individually, but they're going for about seven. I think it's about seven pounds, seven fifty, something like that, on the eShop. So if you were to buy them all individually, it would very quickly add up. So I suppose if you're interested and you actually want the collection. If they price it at about the £25 mark or 20 quid mark, then it, in theory, technically, is a good deal. Yeah. But is it really? I don't know. I, I have no fondness, I have no knowledge, really, of most of those games, but they weren't they weren't really yeah. a, a platform that I ever played. And I just, Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they, I think they passed, passed most people um, in the real world by at the time because of their extortionate price. And, and um, although, having said that, 
you know, they were um, pretty amazing in, uh, for the time. And, and it was one of the ways of playing arcade quality. Well, the, the only way of playing true arcade quality at home. So um, so I think these have got a place. I think there's a lot of people that will be very excited that you can get them in a collection. But I have to say it is difficult because who's, who's the market? Because if these are all available already, I suspect people who really want them might well have them already. Um, you know, the, I don't think me and you and you know, three of us are going to be rushing out to buy it, but we'll see anyway. No data price yet. And as you said, I think the price is going to be critical. Right. Let's talk on the direct then, because there was a lot um, to go through. Obviously, we first of all, we want to throw you towards our um, special that we did uh, just the other day. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. We go through everything in great detail. But just as an overall, um, now that I've had time to digest it all i have to say my highlights um the live reactions on youtube the direct specials there to download as well my highlights for sure fall guys really excited for that for some multiplayer outer wilds i'm really excited to play as well i think that's going to be um going to be going to be really great uh mario golf super rush goes without saying um plants versus zombies i've already pre-ordered <laughs> Um, because you know I was excited about that uh, and there's a few others in there as well um, <laughs> even World's End Club I'm, I'm interested to find out more about and then Skyward Sword I have to say I'm excited about and then finally Splatoon 3 and I've know, I've seen a few of our uh, Discord uh, and, and Patreon supporters have, have splashed out on Splatoon 2 or have, have jumped back into the game uh, I'm thinking about doing the same I know a couple of them were playing today but yeah overall just a really really good um, direct Anton Oh absolutely You know we, we go into our Full in-depth feedback uh, Obviously you know There are the big heavy hitters Like Splatoon 3 um, You know There's nothing better Than a reminder That there's been Three Splatoon games Since the last Mario Kart But um, you know Overall quite good <laughs> um, And you know Even just little stuff Like uh, Neon White Was a, a really interesting kind of Bullet hell um, Anime sort of game Which looked quite exciting uh, But yeah Just Mario Golf was you know, simple game, but I love it, Al. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mario Golf is still my highlight. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm actually so excited about Mario Golf. But mm. again, it's tickling that nostalgia bone and uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be buying that. But I'm, I've, th- there were so many things that... I, it's not that I've forgotten about them, but the more I thought about it, things like Fall Guys. Fall Guys, I'm really excited we're finally getting. But at the same time, it's actually making me quite angry that we're only now getting it. It's really weird. It feels like there was this big surge over the sort of like towards the last in middle middle to end of last year when everyone was playing on all the consoles and we were kind of left sitting in the corner going, "Well, oh, we don't get to play." And now they're throwing us a bone and giving us the game. Like, yeah, I don't want it anymore. Oh. <laughs> it's a really I mean, weird I'm still reaction just looking forward to it. my brain. Actually, <laughs> it was quite a fun in some ways where I feel like this is a direct where Nintendo's finally moving up in the world because we're getting Stubbs, um, the zombie. Uh, for like less than you're paying on the other consoles and as well as that on the same day they announced uh, Ball Guys for Xbox is coming along which is really exciting news but you can clearly tell the Nintendo Switch trailer has a budget of maybe a couple grand and the Xbox trailer was like done on £20 in like an hour or two they didn't even put a logo on it so I'm like Nintendo's moving up in the world this is a, a time yeah. to be alive. No, I, I mean I have to I have to say what was interesting I don't know if yeah, you no. listened back to our last call from last week but we weirdly decided to talk about our predictions not knowing there was going to be a direct announced the day after um, and um, listening back I mean we predicted we were, it was quite bizarre I mean um, I don't know if all guys was mentioned at that point but we had mentioned that before about that coming Outer Wilds we predicted, which is 
insane. Um, Mario Golf, we predicted, which is just ludicrous. And we weren't even talking. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies, we predicted as well. Um, I think we even touched on uh, Skyward Sword as well. So we really did actually get quite a few um, without knowing any context or the fact there was a direct. We were pretty on the money, Anton. We should do a podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of amazing where uh, there's a lot of excitement around the new Ninja Mm -hmm. Gaiden, uh, which is really fun because I think at the time, you know, it was a hard £50 game. But now we live in a world of, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborns and... Uh, you know, all that kind of live streaming context where, you know, you get paid to just cry at video games. So now people are like, Ninja Gaiden, of course. <laughs> and, you know, it's slightly more affordable now it's a package, which that's incredibly exciting. Just so many games all around. And obviously you've pre-ordered a couple of stuff, Mike, uh, which you, you've shared. Are, are you pre-ordering anything, Al? Uh, I may. I may do. I'm definitely going to get Mario Golf. I'm very mm. tempted to get Tales from the Borderland. And actually, uh, I am looking more and more at Samurai Warriors 5 and going, could be quite good fun. I know it's it's basically just the, the Hyrule Warriors, but with a different skin. But it's Samurais and Ninja Swords and all kinds of fun stuff. And I, I really, I kind of want to go and play it. I wouldn't be surprised if I accidentally yeah. slip and buy it. Wow. You're you're slowly becoming a, a yeah. warrior stan. It's uh, only downhill from here. I, I don't know. Let's let's wait and see. Let's not. I, I think you're right until from the borderlands. I am excited about that as well for for sure. So uh, so yeah, just a really great direct. But go and listen to the special anyway and look at our reaction video. Now there were some other uh, bits of news this week, and we've got some rumors to come still, and the quiz. So don't worry. Even though it's been a bit quieter this week, still plenty to talk about. Next up, Super Mario 3D World. The launch sales are 190 percent more than the original Wii U game. And interestingly, do you remember Anton? I was talking about the speed difference. Um, and I'd said, oh, it's faster on the Switch. I watched a comparison video. And if you take, um, who would be the fastest uh, character? What, Cat Mario or Cat uh, Toad, I think would be the fastest? Cat yeah, Toad. Yeah, probably Cat Toad. And the slowest the might be what? Evil. Princess Peach? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a bit of a floaty character. So I watched them compare Princess Peach on the Switch with uh, Cat Toad on the Wii U and there was next to, uh, I think it was half a second in it in the end. I think um, Cat Toad did just just win it no more, but they were doing exactly the same run, exactly the same speed, um, but that's how much faster it was. When they did the same character in both, there was a difference of about four seconds. So it is actually quite a substantially substantial amount faster, um, which is interesting because I played through this game on the Wii U um, and really enjoyed it and didn't know because I had nothing to compare it to. But having started it on the Switch, I have to say it's still just a great game and it's really well done on the Switch. Only thing I'll say, there was a couple of moments where there was some slowdown, which was a little odd. It was some sort of almost kind of frame rate kind of like, ooh, just creeping here for a second. And someone else did the same thing to me. So I don't know what that's about, but maybe there's just needing a patch to, to sort that. But I haven't played Bowser's Fury though. Uh, but uh, the sales are certainly doing very well, as we expected, Anton. Yeah, it's interesting where I saw some reviews going around and it's a lot of people saying Bowser's Fury is like the evolution of Mario, which is a very bold statement, but it kind of makes sense. So the, the logic going around is obviously, you know, you had, let's say, stuff like Sunshine and stuff like that, where, you know, it had open spaces. You know, you could look over and see other parts of the level when you're doing your bit of the level, uh, your level. And then you move to something like Odyssey, where, you know, 
it's all self-integrated. You know, you it's like a big open world. You have that. And then you move up to Bowser's Fury and it's like an entire game in one big open space, which is a... Uh, Makes me really wonder where they're going to be taking the franchise. I wonder if they're maybe playing around with some ideas in the small expansion that could maybe inform where we go with, let's say, an Odyssey 2 or a Galaxy 2. It's, it looks like quite a title now. That could be cool. It's a whole big open world. I'm sort of thinking like, um, actually, I know we bring them up all the time, but I'm thinking some things like Grand Theft Auto, where you've got, you've got the city, you've got the desert, you've got all these different areas, but one big map that you can see, that would be kind of cool. Because Mario has always separated its world through necessity I suppose because you know there's only so much coding you can do when you're jumping into warp pipe and you go somewhere else it'd be very sad if we lost the warp pipes but you could use them to traverse the world I suppose but yeah. see it all mapped out would be very cool I like that theory yeah I think that sounds like quite a good idea actually next up a Switch prototype called eDev uh, from April 2016 is discovered in Hong Kong it's the earliest Switch to be found so far uh, I did have a quick look at this uh, it's certainly an interesting story and uh, April 2016 what's that a full year since before launch Al so it was uh, certainly an early prototype they found they have and at least it's kind of in the right people's hands so it's it's in the hands of um, effectively historians who like to document Nintendo and its history so they've been very careful with this they've checked everything it's completely legitimate they've backed up all the code for for the future but they're not releasing any of it anywhere because it's a live console and I suppose, I suppose if you were to put it out, out into the wild, someone nefarious would probably tear it apart and come up with some sort of damaging thing and cause a whole lot of trouble. So they have been very, very careful. They've kept it all sort of within guards. They've locked it all up and given it to someone to keep it in a safe and secure place. And it's it's a very um, it's a very cool story in its geekery, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, amazing to see this hardware. And uh, we sadly don't have the Joy-Cons to go along with this prototype, but... It's remarkably close to the final product we got so far. I think the the only key difference was a slightly redesigned uh, or pre-designed volume buttons on the the console, but very faithful to what we got. And it's going to be exciting to see once they get into the codes themselves, uh, if they're able to data mine and find any information about some of the ideas Nintendo were playing with, Mike. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think the fact that Al said there that, you know, it's in the right hands, people, right people have got it, then that's definitely a positive and I think it's always good and I think we often find these things years later so actually it's quite quite recent times to actually discover this prototype and to get news about it because often it's 10-15 years later before you, you hear any of these kind of stories so no I think it's, it's definitely fascinating Next up Reggie's retirement decision was motivated by the Switch success he said I knew the company was going to be in great shape they always say you should leave at the top Al they they do. I, I when I heard the story, I just shook my head. I was like, "Oh, for goodness' sake, come on! That's such a stupid soundbite." <laughs> Why? I mean, in retrospect, you can say anything. <laughs> He could have gone, oh, I knew the Switch was going to bomb, so that's why I left. But it's just, it's such a throwaway statement. I knew the company was in great, going to be in great shape. Just, uh... well, I think you're being very cynical. I think, I think that. It was unprecedented, and I think it was clear from early stages of the Switch, and certainly at the time Reggie was still there, I think it was clear that it was going to be successful, and that it was successful, and it was going to grow. So I think, you know, I I, I do think that the, the, the people that succeed in going to new companies on that kind of level do tend to leave when things are, are good, you know? Don't you agree, yeah. Anton? Whatever you say, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's... Um I think especially Nintendo, despite a lot of people liking to uh, kind of characterise them as evil business people, in which there is some evidence to suggest that, they're 
Skelke, um top level staff have shown a level of dedication to the company, which is great to see. Where, you know, for instance, when uh, the Wii U was not doing well, where basically the entire top bracket, especially Awata, he took the, the bullet the hardest there and, you know, cutting their own wages by half. And I think Awata cut it by a good chunk more than half when the Wii U was bombing. Uh, so I think, you know, it makes me wonder if the Switch maybe didn't like take off, but was just doing okay. How much longer Reggie may have stayed at Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Al is always going to be cynical. He's always going to take the cynical approach on this. I would like to think that there's a little bit more um, realism in what he's saying, but uh, hey. I'm not going to... We'll talk about it all night. At the end of the day, it's opinions, isn't it? And you're right. You can say whatever you like in retrospect. (laughs) Next up, Pokemon Unite is being beta tested in Canada on Android. Um, All right. So what's the Unite one, Anton? Uh, Unite is their League of Legends style game. It's coming exclusively to mobile and Nintendo Switch. Um, Has very polarizing opinions. You know, League of Legends, a beloved title. Um, Very, very, very popular. But... Um, I think there is a fear with Nintendo going in that world, or rather the Pokemon company going into that world, like a lot of other people that have tried to challenge League of Legends. It's going to be, well, the fear is it's going to be very money-orientated now, which hopefully the Pokemon company would make a a free-to-play mobile game that gouges us for money. No, I mean, there's there's no precedence of that at all. They've they've never tried that in the past. (laughs) Have they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... To be fair, there's been a slew of mobile games that have come out with Pokemon attached to them. And to be fair, some of them have actually been quite good. I can't remember what it's called, but I really enjoyed playing one that was all kind of like blocky art style. It was really cool. I'm not, I'm not too worried about this. It's. It will either be a really, really good game that will take off, or it will be a game that will just disappear. Either way, it's not going to do the franchise or anyone really any harm, unless they are literally gouging people for eye-watering amounts of money, and I can't see that happening, and frankly, if you pay them eye-watering amounts of money, kind of your own fault. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, well, I mean, put... Pokemon Pokemon Go proved very successful and and I think it proved a lot of doubters wrong. So I'm going to sit on the fence with this one until we until we see how it goes. Next up, uh, Nintendo documentary playing with power gets a new trailer. So um I know you were both talking about this before we came on uh, to record. Uh, Al, you were saying it's not the easiest to find to actually watch it. Yeah, I'm gutted because actually this documentary looks really good. It's basically charting both the the public side and some of the less public side of Nintendo's history, and it looks it looks absolutely brilliant. It's basically do you remember what the uh, Netflix dec- documentary last year High Score? Indeed, yes, it came out. It was yeah. It's, I'd say it's been massively inspired by this because it looks very very similar, um, and it just looks brilliant. I, it's almost a must watch for every Nintendo fan. But it's only been announced as streaming on Crackle. Crackle is a streaming service that you can't get in the UK, and no matter how much I have googled. I cannot find anywhere that this is being hosted in the UK. So, I mean, either we wait patiently or we might see an increase in piracy, maybe? Just saying. Not suggesting that no one should do it. Yeah. But, you know, or get a VPN. Sadly, we do not have a sponsorship (laughs) for one of those. (laughs) Unfortunate timing. Um, No, But yeah, I'm completely with you, Al. Uh, It looks like a a really incredible, well, well done documentary. And it's um, it's going to be interesting because they... Going through it, it isn't like they just got a bunch of YouTubers, although I think they do have a couple in their 
given their two cents. But, you know, they had the head of Xbox, one of the the old head of Sega, the old head of Atari. They had one of the higher-ups at Sony. So, you know, they've got... They've got Reggie. They've got Reggie. And most importantly, they've got Will Wheaton. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, excellent. Good. Yeah. I'm always, anything with Will Wheaton in it is, is, a, is a win for me. Um, yeah, no, I think it does look... I mean, I, I definitely want to watch that. You know, I love documentaries anyway, and, and a Nintendo one is pretty much the pinnacle. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be one to to check out next up overwatch 2 the team behind overwatch 2 say they need more time um fine i mean i'm always one for saying if you need more time to to complete something anton to make it work better that than rush out we've seen that so many times yeah i think we're getting to a great time in gaming where game kind of advancements are progressing slower now so you know like the even comparing the ps4 launch titles to ps5 launch titles you know they're they're not progressing as much, so I'm glad that we're at a point now where we don't need to rush games as much, um, because they're not going to go out with date as quickly. And I think a game like Overwatch, uh, two, which will have a very long lifespan, you know, getting it right from the the get go is really important. Uh, but it's weird. It's almost like an enigma of a game. You know, we've never had a game sequel that works in this kind of way, where you know it's the same multiplayer, but just with new graphics and aesthetics, but a new game mode that's exclusive to it but it's still intercompatible with the old game with the old graphics. It's a really unusual case, Alan. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what it's like when it finally makes its way to Nintendo Switch and those other consoles that we do not mention. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it is a fascinating premise. I'm, I'm, My mind is boggling at how they're going to manage to interlink the two games. It's such a cool um, idea, and it's I, I might be wrong because I don't really play it, but things like World of Warcraft, they've just brought expansion after expansion after expansion, which has kind of just increased the graphics and incrementally, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, that, that sounds about right, yes. Yeah. yeah, so they're kind of almost taking the, the PC model and applying it to, to this game, which is, which is awesome. But can I just say, Ubisoft, take note, if you need to delay a game before releasing it, delay the game before mm. releasing it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how this ripples out across the rest of the industry, because let's say... You know, if this works, could we see Call of Duty games where, you know, it's like, ah, you know, you still have the same multiplayer mode with the same maps and stuff like that. But, you know, the new Call of Duty has a new campaign and this new, you know, game mode where you fight cyborgs or something. If you want to go buy it, but, you know, we'll still support the old one and then just have a continuous support. It's going to be, yeah, it's very interesting times, Mike. Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, I think I just always have this thing of just be open and, transparent about it if it, if you need the more as you said ea is the prime example of rushing things out and you know i think they could learn a lot from this kind of approach just from their regular yearly things they do but at the end of the day it's all about money isn't it so i'm not sure they will uh, next up uh, the once lost n64 title dinosaur planet by rare has leaked online oh this might interest you being an n64 uh, fan yeah well it does to be unfair i hadn't actually heard of it but what i realized is it wasn't necessarily lost it just morphed into a different game i think it was what eventually became uh star fox adventures on the gamecube but i've gone back and looked at some of the the trailers and actually the code they've managed to find um some trailers the wrong word but the code they managed to find was an almost finished build and it actually had fox mcleod in it and all the dialogue was set for the new game but it was running 
on N N64, and although the code doesn't run in an emulator at the moment, they think they can actually make it technically work on carts. So it's a it's a really cool little piece of rare history, and it's it, interesting that it's come out what a couple of weeks after the GoldenEye leak. Uh, I wonder who's got what <laughs> and what else is going to come out of their leaks, or if these are the only two games that were famed to have been cancelled and have resurfaced. It's um an yeah. interesting time. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's I, again, it's always interesting seeing these uh, these old uh, titles, and it's a shame that it never found the uh, the, the the light in the in the original uh, moment when it had the chance. But uh, still, cool to see it now, uh, years later. Next up, Gretzo, the porting team behind Link's Awakening, is the team working on Metopia. <laughs> Uh, Anton, let's talk to you about Metopia because I know you're quite interested in the the, the resurrection of the memes. Yeah, it's, it's a very memeful title, and you know, I, I think when we were chatting about it on our direct special, it's kind of all blended into that time when we had Tomodachi Life and all that coming to the console. But yeah, it's <laughs> great to to see Nintendo has these kind of hidden working relationships. It almost reminds me of the team that was working on Luigi's Mansion that they've just purchased, and you know. I'm just kind of looking at it, I'm like, if Nintendo's got pocket money, having a team that can just pump out ports back to back, you know, Nintendo's got a lot of games in their, their cupboard that they're not using. And, um, you know, so far, you know, Link's Awakening, honestly, to be honest, I know it's kind of a port. It was a whole brand new game. It was, you know, they put a lot of effort into yeah. it and it's exciting to see they're getting more work from Nintendo because they do go above and beyond. Absolutely. I loved that port of Link's Awakening. It was just so beautifully done. One of the best you're, you're right it wasn't a port remaster remake yeah remake something yeah. like that i mean the gameplay a, gameplay was the same the dialogue was yeah. the same everything was the same a reimagining but, yeah but the visuals and the audio were just just gorgeous they were so well done so if they can give more things to this team i just can't wait to see what else they might crank out give them more game boy era games please because if they can do that to every game boy era game that we love then we would all be exceedingly happy people <laughs> yeah well there is there's so many games around that time that i think would be fantastic um but i i also interestingly as well speaking of Link's awakening and zelda related things we have some of that still to talk about in the rumors so let's move on and talk about this week's rumors no i'm not Resident Evil Revelation 3 has had more leaks. Revelation 3 is coming out within a year of Village's release date, either late 2021 or early 2022. That's the quote. The game is almost definitely going to be a Switch timed exclusive. Um, this is good. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations games are good. I think I've got two, um, which I enjoy. Uh, it's good. Good game. And... Um, Again, it's nice if we do get the Switch timed exclusive and we've certainly, Anton, there's certainly plenty of the Resident Evil games on the Switch, which is good. I think what is most exciting about this title, at least in my eyes, would be having a Switch-focused uh, title and timed exclusive that is kind of optimised, uh, well, it's not optimised, well, will be, but is a more serious title. You know, a lot of the exclusive we have have been on the kind of more light-hearted, um, kind of side of the spectrum so it's going to be nice to see what a more realistic title that has been built from the ground up and optimised to be a Switch exclusive looks like um, and especially now that the Switch is a lot more mature and people know where the hardware limitations of the hardware is um, I'm hoping we get a really impressive title here yeah, I'm intrigued to see what it does for the Switch sales because obviously we had a boom year last year with the Switch and that was very much based on Animal Crossing. Uh, and the year before we had, what do we have for Luigi's Mansion various other things kind of propped up that year. Uh, it will be really interesting to see if Resident Evil 3 um, does actually bring 
a new breed of Switch owner who might not have bought one otherwise. It gives a boost to the platform sales. Very, very interesting. I kind of want to watch what happens to the stats when that gets released. All right, next up on our rumours, we've got uh, an unproven Reddit leaker, Practical Brush 12. Great name. Uh, they've leaked an incredibly accurate Nintendo Direct lineup. So this could be interesting for future. So the leak was just a list. So it included things, I mean, this is more than a... I guess I would say. Uh, Project Triangle, Strategy, Neon White, Saga Frontier, World's End Club, Fall Guys, Legend of Mana, Stubbs, No More Heroes 3, Mario Golf, Apex Legends, Ghost and Goblins Resurrected, Tales from Borderlands, Ninja Gaiden, Metopia, Samurai Warriors 5, and Legend of Zelda. Oh, and I forgot, Legends of Zelda, Skyward Sword HD. Um, that is... Well, I mean, look, we were pretty good guessing on last call last week. <laughs> but if we'd done that, people would have thought we'd been hacking into Nintendo's accounts, Anton. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think it would have been easy if it was a list of, you know, just, oh, you know, there's going to be a new Mario and a new Zelda. But who in their right mind is coming up with Project Triangle strategy? Stubbs. This man has <laughs> inside knowledge. Uh, similarly, Stubbs, uh, Neon White, Zaga, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there you could have never guessed in a thousand years, Al. Um, we need to keep our eye on this guy. We really do. If they've got that level of insight and somehow they've managed to get that information and they can keep getting it, that is... Well, it's it's dynamite. It's brilliant for uh, for the media, for us. But uh, if you're N- Nintendo, you'd be asking questions. Mm. How did this person get that information and how did they manage to leak it? Totally. I suspect there will be investigations currently yeah. ongoing. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the thing. Is it, It's just so accurate that you think, you know, that's just too far, isn't it, Anton? Yeah, I don't think we'll be hearing from Practical Brush 12 for a very long time. Uh, or anyone. <laughs> I, I think he's going away. <laughs> He's hiding. I think that's why his username is Practical Brush 12 and not his name. Uh, next up, video game journalists Andy Robinson has shared that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are 100% coming this year. I've seen several uh, leaks to this effect over the last three or four days since the direct. Um, I think we're going to get a really big Zelda announcement very soon. I don't think it's going to be long. Um, and fantastic because this is going to be the the optimum way. The Switch, again, is going to be the perfect place to play the Zelda and the, the back catalogue of those games, Anton. Yeah, I think that the true question will be whether or not they're a collection or not. I think they'll be individual because Skyward Sword will be individual at that point. But, you know, it's a, you know, a weird one. I, I have a feeling this is basically them confirming... Uh, that we're not getting um, the new Legend of Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild 2 for quite a while. I think this is their way of softening up the blow to Zelda fans that you you may not have the game you want, but here's three Zelda games in a year. Please don't cry. Uh, We'll be stealing your money next year. It's all okay, Al. Uh, yeah, I sort of get that impression as well, because I, mean, I don't know if you guys have actually noticed, but we're recording today on Sunday the 21st of February. Today is the 35th anniversary of Zelda. Mm. It was released exactly 35 years ago today. Oh, wow. And there's not been an announcement or a direct today saying, here's some big Zelda news, so I think we're going to get it incrementally throughout the course of the year. But yeah, I do. it wouldn't really surprise me if we get these games released. Equally, I'm not surprised that the internet is full of rumours that they're coming, because... You know, uh, with with the release uh, or the announcement of Skyward Sword, it's just a logical extrapolation that we're going to get the other two from sort of a similar kind of era. That yeah, we're going to get them. Sure, the internet's going to be buzzing, but I don't think they're wrong. 
They're probably right. I think it's great, though. I, I think, you know, the, the Switch is becoming that catalogue um, sort of system. You know, we've seen that with other titles. Other Resident Evil is a good example. There's a couple others as well. We've got masses of the games. Uh, Final Fantasy, for example. We've got loads of Final Fantasy games. It's becoming the way to play catalogues of of beloved sort of titles and characters. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased that it looks that we're going to, it looks likely that we're going to be getting um, these games as well. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely uh, agree. I think you're probably right with Breath of the Wild 2 as well. I don't think we're going to be seeing that till 2022, if I'm honest. And that's fine as long as there are plenty of other games coming in the meantime. And that is it. Let's um, let's move on and uh, get stuck into another round of where I don't know anything and up against uh, Anton, who knows everything. It's time for the quiz. Well, you say that, Mike, but you're in the lead. You've got six points to Anton's five. Yeah, showing off <laughs> over there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you may have slightly cheated to get there. <clears throat> nope. Nope, not at all. Nope, nope, but, nope, nope. but yeah, you're still currently technically in the lead. Uh, yep, yeah, I think I will, I will don my uh, my Patrick Stewart persona and be your games master for the next, well, given Anton's probably likely to get both these games in about three, 30 seconds. I'll be games master for 30 seconds, but let's see how this goes. Okay. We'll jump straight in, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. First game. Um, it was a GameCube game released in the year 2003, developed by Amusement Vision. Chibi Robot? Uh, nope. Um, Simpsons Road Rage? Nope. I'm deliberately not giving you the kind of game, by the way, because you'll probably guess almost straight away. Uh, it was published by Nintendo... And it runs uh-huh. on an enhanced version of the engine used in Super Monkey Ball. Oh, um, Billy Hatcher? No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Love that game. <laughs> to be fair, that one is that one's a bit of a red herring because it blew my mind when I found out that that was true. But apparently, it is. Okay. Uh, it was the uh, it's well, I don't know. It's like something like a third or the fourth. It's in a series of games anyway. But it's the first in the series to have a story mode. You follow Captain Falcon through nine chapters while completing various missions. F zero G Star Fox. Right, uh, Mike. What did you say? I said Star Fox. Anton, what did you say? F0GX. We have a winner. (laughs) It was indeed F0GX. Can you believe that's built on the Super Monkey Ball engine? because that is a a blazingly fast game. Like, it is one of the fastest games I've ever seen. And Super Monkey Ball is absolutely not that... No, that just blew my mind. I was, I, I was like, I have to put that in as a clue just to throw you guys off. It is insane. But yeah, I mean, it was ridiculously fast. It basically relied on you remembering tracks because there's no way you could just react to the track. You basically just had to remember the corner coming and you turn right this much. It was just a nuts game. But yeah, so well, first blood to Anton. I thank you. Hope I wouldn't have got that in a thousand years, so it's fine. <laughs> Actually, interestingly, it was also the first time that Nintendo and Sony worked together was on that game because Sony made the um, arcade version of which I think called AX or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was. It was F-Zero AX. They made that along with Namco and Nintendo made the console version, but they were all working together as a group. Wow. First time wow. ever. You know, there you go. Bit of history. Always, uh, winds me up. Uh, Miyamoto says that we're never getting an. He hasn't done another F Zero game basically because that's the pinnacle of the genre, which I kind of agree with. But 
it's like a sixty pound game on a twenty five year old console. Like, come on, Nintendo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it needs a new. If at very least, give us a portal. Just give us some F Zero. We want to play F Zero. A remaster, perfect. We'd we'd be very happy. All right, so uh, one nil to Anton so far. Let's be moving on. The next game is an N sixty four game from nineteen ninety seven. I'll leave it at that. Have a stab. Perfect dark. Flipping neck. No. Um, and it's also not flipping neck, but I'll let you have a proper guess. Uh, <laughs> Name any N64 game. Uh, Mario Tennis. It is not. It is developed by Iguana Entertainment and published by Acclaim Entertainment. Claim. Oh, uh, let's go for a Gex. That it is not oh, Gex. Pop culture icon. Um, let's go for. The Discord, by the way, is going crazy. They are just guessing left, right, and centre. Wow. I don't totally know. I didn't have an N64, so I, I, I mean, I did it years later, but I don't know. GoldenEye. <laughs> two, two people in the Discord have just got it, so there you go. Okay. Uh, it is not a GoldenEye. It is, however, a first-person shooter, and it mm. was released on Windows, Mac OS X, Xbox One, Linux, and the Switch. Oh, Chirok. Correct. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Do you want to try and guess his, his proper name, his full name is Turok something something? Um, Turok Planet Survival. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even know Turok was a first person shooter, so, you know, to be fair. Seriously? Mike, Jesus. N64, I, I, did, I mean, I had one years later, but I, I mean, I only bought it for like Goldeneye, so. We've talked about it several times on this podcast. I know, I know, but I, I mean, I, yeah. Anyway, what on. I didn't know is it was an adapted from an Acclaim comic of the same name. There's a comic from Acclaim. I didn't know Acclaim made comics, but apparently Acclaim made comics, and one of them is called Turok Dinosaur Hunter, and that's where the game came from. Oh. They originally yeah. were going to make it as like there a third-person thing, and then they were going to make it a side-scroller or the other way around, and then eventually they decided to make it first-person. And actually, at the time, uh, it got critical acclaim because it was the first of the sort of first-person shooters that moved out of enclosed places so basically things like doom and duke nukem before you walk from chamber and corridor chamber corridor whereas this time they opened up and they blended effectively at the time tomb raider with doom and made turok oh. it was like adventuring out in this big open world and um, the graphics just blew everyone away at the time and, and then like later by its controls and stuff but yeah and around about that same time, that same year, they split from that group and became Tupac and The Rock and uh, did their own thing in solo form as well. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I shouldn't laugh at that, but that was actually surprisingly funny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're going to the third, the third one. Sorry. All right. Well, Anton has definitely won this one hands down. So this is just for um, see if Mike can regain any of his uh, Honestly, you could, I could have been sitting here for the rest of the night and I wouldn't have got either of those. But I find this with your questions, it's weird. It's something about the games you choose are so different to the ones I would know. It's weird. It's just a weird thing. And then I think the ones when I asked were so different to the ones you would know. Probably, although to be fair, I wasn't aware of F-Zero GX. I just went to look up what random racing games I could find and was like, oh, yeah. that's a good one. To, to be fair, uh, I've had a GameCube and an N... randomly remembered. I mean, I've had a GameCube and an N64 over the years, but but later, not at the time. So it's, it is interesting. But anyway, carry on. Next one. <laughs> I might All as well right, try and get some cool. dignity back. Well, we're sticking with Nintendo. Uh, let's see if either of you can guess the year for this. This title is called Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was on a Nintendo console. Alrighty. So Anton is he's already won, so go first. <laughs> um, hmm, I'm going to go with 2009. 
Nah, this one was, I think, released on the NES or possibly the SNES. I think it was the NES. So I'm going to go 1989. Well, one of you is painfully close, but nobody's actually on the money. The year was 19. All righty. Congrats, Mike. <laughs> 1988. So, okay. 1988, you were one year off. That was wow. very, very good guessing, and it was indeed on the NES. I take it you've heard of it before then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, actually not that bad a game, weirdly. Oh. Yeah, apparently yeah. it's actually quite yeah, good. I was thinking Wii yeah. DS shovelware, um, you know, all those randomly, oddly specifically gendered titles they had on the DS. But no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sadly, so, yeah, all too, Mike, Mike too, too little, too late for me. Uh, I say redeem myself, you know, maybe uh, morally I got myself a point there, but um, but unfortunately it doesn't mean anything. So well done, Anton. That makes Why? it 6-6. Six, six Why, our thank you. Corrupt, corrupt point system where it benefits me and not you, but it's 6-6 six, six at the moment, so I'll take that. So I'm okay well, with that. I think <laughs> what this is proving is we've actually made a, a sophisticated balance system like we've got an appropriate <laughs> level of handicap yeah uh, to- it's ba- yeah it's basically <laughs> golf isn't it we're like we, we preempted mario golf by making our own quiz golf where i have a, a handicap of uh, uh well I, I get extra points to to what you do to start with so it's good you know i don't know what would it be if we were doing this for real so if i've got six points that's actually three so it would actually be six three to anton technically Something like that. Only two of your points were also possibly maybe slightly awarded when they maybe shouldn't have been. But just, <laughs> shh, shh, uh, excuse me. It's fine. I find that highly insultive. You, listen, you couldn't remember the name of the game. You knew the game. I'll give you that. But you had to rely on one of our uh, listeners in the Discord to actually give you the name. So, I mean, mm. technically that's cheating, buddy. Technically it's cheating. <laughs> It's not cheating, it's just my memory. I'm older than Anton, I should be allowed these, um, you know, helps to my memories, these these prompts. Um, but anyway, well done, Anton. You are, you are as always, incredible when it comes no. to the quiz. So, why, why, yes. thank you. It's um, six, six. Moxie, one of our patrons who will embarrass us all uh, if you ever Oh, us. I know. Uh, Moxie's got, like, incredible amount of knowledge. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's about it. By the way, we're up to 71 five-star reviews on... Uh, actually, 75 star reviews and one three-star review, but we're up to 71 reviews on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, so really appreciate that. Thank you so much for all the constant support that you give us. We really, really appreciate you downloading things and listening to our, uh, our show on a regular basis. And thanks to our Patreons, as always, who uh, go that extra mile. I think we ha- have a new one this week as well, Al, that we haven't mentioned. Am I right in saying? We do, we do indeed. Thank you very much, Jim, for uh, coming on board and supporting us. Hopefully we'll see you in the Discord server at some point soon. Uh, We appreciate your support like we appreciate everybody's support, even if you just listen to us and you aren't even a Patreon supporter. We still think you're awesome. No, we really really appreciate all of everything you do. And um, Anton, for people that want to check out anything, where do they go? Absolutely. If you want to learn about the Patreon uh, and a bunch of the other stuff we do, including videos and all that jazz, go to nsukp.co.uk. If you want to get in contact, we are on social media at NSUK Podcast. And as well, if you're slightly more old-fashioned like our, our lovely Alistair, you can send us an email at uh, podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Um, mm. Absolutely. I'll take that. I can't remember the last time someone called me lovely. Thanks, Anton. Oh, compliments all round. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The lovely Al, the lovely Anton, and the uh, adequately uh, appropriate host, Mike. Uh, that's that's the way we're, we're describing ourselves. Am I right? Uh, I, He's I, agreeing. That's sure, the worst part. I, I think that. our Patreon, is, <laughs> Patreon account has been uh, wearing you down, Mike. 
It's like confidence. Where is it gone? It's fine. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, they, they they never call me adequate with anything. They they just they they just have uh, you know this constant. Uh, uh, it is all fun I must admit it's a lot of fun you just have to come and join our Patreon if you want to find out what we're talking about come and join us be one of our patrons it's a lot of fun we have so many fun events and things and uh, I think we'll be having another one very soon too so until next week um, Anton and I are back in midweek for another show for our patrons I think um, we'll we'll let them know very soon what we're doing but until next week stay safe we'll see you soon goodbye cheers Au revoir.